friends, welcome to another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben. Ben, what's going on? Not much, man. I've had a marathon of a day, so uh, I appreciate you jumping on here a little bit early. Well, I had a long, long week with 10 people in this house. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about that. How'd that go? They, they left uh, earlier to drive back to Texas and, uh, yeah, to drive back to Texas and Michigan. Yeah, and what, and what, and what brought everybody to town? Oh, no, my brother was going to come up here anyways. He had a meeting, and so he had some stuff for work, so the whole family yeah, decided to drive up. Oh, what fun. Yeah. Uh- I'm 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 sure I'm sure your niece was the star attraction. I'm gonna tell you something. What one child is is a lot, but three is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had three kids in the house. There is no wrestling when you're a babysitter. Oh, I'm sure Uncle Elio loves it. He just loves to play the Scrooge instead. Nope, same. I, and um, I'll talk. Okay, I'm gonna tell you a quick story before we get into everything. Okay. Uh huh. So I'm upstairs watching AEW, and Luchasaurus is walking out to the ring. Okay. Uh huh. And so, at this point. My niece walks in to bring me my iPad. She said my iPad needed to be charged. She's looking up at the screen. She's Luchasaurus. <laughs> and then she looks at me. She's like, what are you watching? <laughs> How do you explain Luchasaurus to a five-year-old? Well, see, that's a bad, that's a girl man twist as a dinosaur. Yeah, that might be a little bit awkward. <laughs> Let alone a little girl. That could go a multitude of ways. <laughs> so we say we get into uh, this week, uh, uh, this another fun week. Absolutely. And um, I'll tell you what, it, I mean, look. Neither Raw or SmackDown are perfect, but comparatively, they are so much better. And the pieces that you already see being put into place in terms of the effort to make the product better, it's so GD refreshing, I can't even explain it. Oh, and I'm sure you already read about John Lorna's quietly being fired. Uh, yes, well, we, we knew that that was coming. As soon as uh, the Vince McMahon news officially broke, um, you know, I I will be the big news that I'm waiting for still. And and I know he got demoted and believe me, I am happy uh, about that. But I cannot wait for Brother Love, Bruce Pritchard to uh, go away. Perhaps we can... uh, Perhaps we can orchestrate some sort of angle with him, similar to uh, Mr. McMahon's limo exploding in 2007. Right. 
And clearly, our audience is already blowing us up because they want to talk about how much they hate Bruce Prichard and the... So Maybe we could orchestrate an angle where they get kidnapped just like Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza did when when Legado del Fantasma got formed. Yes, uh, I, I, I remember that angle very well, and I'm hoping only, that... Only, only we're not going to return Bruce Pritchard. Or Kevin Dunn. Right. I want those two babbling buffoons to go away. Because they they operate a masterclass of buffoonery and bullshittery that I no longer want to see. And speaking of wrestling, we say we went to Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. And I only have one low point on Raw. And that Which is what? Omos' match. Well, Jolly good pick for a little point of the, of the evening. I just don't get it. Like, okay, he was on NXT Lite. Like, he was part of, I call the NXT Lite. That's the roster that Kona Reeves and all those other Bronson Reed were on when that, that did the live events that right. were never on TV. So that's why I, that's why I distinguish between NXT and NXT Lite. Cool. So we never saw Omos on NXT. He just got moved straight up to the main roster because of Raw Underground. Oh, God. So this, and the, I just don't the, get it with this guy. You're already giving me unpleasant flashbacks. Well, I'm going to give you... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make up for it right now with my high points. Number one, the opening segment with Bailey... Yo Shirai and Big Order's Kai. Yeah, speaking of if you and ladies and gentlemen, if you're a little confused, no, Elio did not misspeak. He is referring to uh Bailey's hilarious uh slip up. Yep, Big Order's Kai. Yes. However, can we just admit how wonderfully she recovered from it. She's like, yes, I know I got her name wrong, dummies. Shut right. up so I can shut up so I can focus. Yup. And now you know what? Wrestling fans are stupid. They're gonna tell you why. On TikTok they're already complaining about Bailey and how she needs to go away for good. Well what what kind of you know half witted incels Stupid AEW fanboys. Yeah, that's right. I'm talking to all you fanboys out there. Oh, God. Bullshit. Well, you know, just... just Can I hit them with your catchphrase, please? Go on. Now, look. Now, here's where I add part of my own catchphrase. Get out of our... Get out of our podcast. Get off of our page if you... Subscribe to the buffoonery and bullshittery of these smart, smart motherfuckers. Right. And I also Seth Rollins, Henschel, Dawkins. The Kevin Owens Ezekiel match was good, and hopefully Ezekiel goes away and they bring back Elias, please. Yes, I I would really appreciate that. And, uh, and- this is to see the old Kevin Owens. 
Yes. This is the NXT Kevin Owens. I absolutely love it. This is what it needs to be. Uh, and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that this can lead to something significant uh, for Kevin Owens. And I have an idea as to what I think should take place with Kevin Owens. And it ties in with a lot of other important stuff going on through uh, WWE right now, specifically with uh, the bloodline and Sami Zayn's involvement in said bloodline, even though he has nothing to do with the bloodline. And is the equivalent of a, of a mascot. Yes, he does. He's an honorary oops. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you something. This, this, that's, this, annoying. that's so annoying. This gimmick ain't working. It's just, it's just not. You know, and, and what I like Sami Zayn, which it's, is why it's, I, a, it, it's a Vince, it's a Vince storyline. Why does that not surprise anyone? But here, here's the thing, right? So, this this is what I would do. I would, I would have, um, I would have Sami Zayn cost the Usos the championships, uh, either at Clash of the Can- Clash of the Castle, or the next pay per view. I if if it were up to me, I would pull the trigger at Clash of the Castle because it really seems like they're trying to make a big deal out of this show. So I feel like that might be the right spot to um uh to get at least uh, some of the titles, meaning the tag team titles, off of the Usos because right now they are commandeering both sets of tag team titles. And and let's and let me be clear before I move on. I don't think there should be two sets of tag team titles anyway. So just use it to get them off of the Usos and then consolidate it back to one title that floats between all three brands. And then that way you can also get rid of the NXT tag titles because we don't need those either. So a lot of wait, 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 wait. How are they two titles? Aren't they all in fight? Oh, because they're still carrying both Raw and SmackDown. I get it. Yeah. Yes. So, and then then here's how you get the title off of the Usos. Sami Zayn gets tired of being manipulated because he's the master manipulator, not the Usos. So then he, he enlists the help of his best friend, Kevin Owens, and they go after the Usos for the title at Clash of the Castle or an upcoming pay-per-view. But like I said, I would prefer it to be Clash of the Castle because I don't know about you, and and don't get me wrong, folks. I have been a big supporter of of the bloodline. I have, but it's, it's just time to move on from it because yeah. – since uh since Roman Reigns has um has moved on to a half to a halftime schedule, his his reign just hasn't been the same. And you know, and, and listen, like that's that's okay. You know, 
he's been he's been the champ for two fucking years. It's gonna get stale, but it's time it's time to move on. Yep. And uh, and by virtue of doing that, you give Raw back a, a world title and make that show even more significant because that because because of factors that we're also going to discuss a little bit later. So um, that's what that's what I would do with it with the tag team titles. Uh, but um, but now now that we're uh, finished with that segment of the conversation, let me go into my highs and lows so we oh, can. Oh, no, I wasn't done. Oh, I'm sorry. There was also that uh, backstage with uh, Ray Edge and Dominic with Dominic shoving the Edge. <laughs> what? I didn't. Was that a high point or a low point for that was you? A high point. That was high. I told you I only have one low point. Everything else is a high point, especially the ending with Dexter Loomis. Oh, I mean, De- Dexter Loomis. <laughs> Praise the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. We get Dexter Loomis back where he belongs. You know what? It doesn't matter if Vince doesn't get Dexter Loomis. We get it. It doesn't matter what he thinks. You know what? You know, okay, I was talking to Kay, I was talking to our friend Pat once. Right. He was saying, you know how he's a big horror movie guy. He said, right. And he said, Vince, Vince, um, modeled the Undertaker after the tall man from the horror movie Phantasm. I'm, I'm like, I bet you Vince hasn't even seen that movie. I I would I would be absolutely floored. I would be willing to bet you any amount of money that I would ever earn in my entire life that that is not the case. And and no, he said a combination of Phantasm and Halloween with um Michael the Tall Man and Michael Myers. I'm like, I bet you Vince doesn't even know what those two movies are. Well, I I tend to agree with you on this, so. I don't know. Vince, Vince, he thinks he's smart, but really, he's kind of stupid. Well, he he wasn't smart enough to keep keep that nineteen point five million dollars in counting covered up. <laughs> so, um, oh, did you catch the DIY reference? Yep. Because yeah. um, because uh, Champa locked in the um, I got a guy no escape on the Miz. So I, uh, I think during that, their um during their U.S. title match, I think Tony Gargano was on his way back next. Well, I, I and if and it, seriously, if that's the case, Elio, you very well may witness, and un- unfortunately for our audience at this point, we are not a visual podcast, uh, largely because. You know, I just don't have a, a a face for radio or anything like that. Um, but no, I'm I'm kidding. But do you need a face for radio? You mean television? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just I, I don't I don't know. I kind of like the podcast the way it is, and uh, you know, we tried to take it to video via YouTube. Um, I can't. Back in the day, I just can't. But, it's just too much work. But it, it's just it's just too much. So yep. we're um we're very satisfied with where the podcast is. 
and uh, we, you know, we thank you guys for that. So, um, you know, hopefully we keep growing with your help, and we'll keep entertaining you. But yes, I would absolutely lose my fucking mind if Johnny Gargano returned. So I, I, I'm done with my half point, low points. So um, a lot of that I I, I agree with. I, I would um, I would make a few adjustments. The first one being I I the first one being that I would not um, put uh, Balor versus Mysterio in there, or the or the Dominic thing. I I just I don't get it. Uh, Dominic, he seemed the heel turn. Well, when I, when I say I don't, when I say I don't get it, it's more like I don't care. Oh yeah, okay. okay. Because look, did Dominic earn his his stripes when he got his ass kicked by Seth Rollins and the former Buddy Murphy? Yes. Will I hear a word against? Uh, against Dominic Mysterio in terms of he didn't earn his spot? No. From, from that angle, I am firmly behind Dom. Uh, he made a believer out of me uh, with, with that segment way back in the day. Um, but, here, but here's the thing. Um, he needs so much work in order to reach the you know the level where he's being portrayed at because because to me he's being portrayed on a level that um that is almost ridiculous at this point um for the skill set that he has I mean, I I understand who his father is, and I'm not I'm not saying Dom is there because of his father, but you know, at the same time, I have a hard time believing that Dom would be in this position and not down in NXT if it wasn't for his father. And so I don't mean to be an asshole. We we spoke about this on the other podcast. I think uh, Ray put that in his contract that he wanted uh, his son with them. So either way, he's getting trained, whether in XC or by Ray. So, oh, okay, well, I guess that makes more sense, but um, you know, I right now, I just I don't get it. I, I will give I will give Judgment Day credit and respect that the promo that they cut on this episode was the best I've heard of them since they got formed. Um, but I'm I'm just I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the of the angle overall with Dom. I think I think you can put a better person in there. Yeah. Um, you know, and and here's where I want to see uh Ray and Dom. I want to I want to see them feuding with Santos Escobar. And Legato del Fantasma because I think I think um, Legato and Santos are gonna get called up after a heat wave. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you, I know you didn't see NXT. I'm gonna go over that because but, you know, but I, I have I have an idea of what's gonna happen. 
Right, but we'll we'll get there in a minute. But in ter in terms of so that so that was uh, that was a low point for for me, honestly. So I would I would disagree with you there. Um, and um, high points I had um, Angelo Dawkins and Seth Rollins, uh, Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens, largely because of the um, uh, well. Uh -huh. the, Entirely because of the power bomb and the stretcher job yep. after the match, I just I love the return of Psycho NXT Kevin Owens. This, this is especially the backstage uh, when I that whatever whatever his name is tried to catch up with him and the explanation he gave. Yes. <laughs> so I, yeah, but but here's the thing, right? So. Low point of low points for this show, and I think that this might surprise some people. Uh, and that and that is, um, Dakota, Dakota Kai, and um, oh god, Dakota, Dakota Kai, Dakota Kai, and Eos Kai versus Tamina. Yeah, you, you can understand why it was a tongue twister. Yeah. Uh, okay. Very good. But Tamina and D Dana. First of all, first of all, this match sucked. First and foremost, this match sucked. Okay. Uh, secondly, um, I don't care. I have a suspicion of why they're bringing back these titles now. Um, but that being said, uh, it, I still don't think that they're necessary. So the fact that they're calling up all these teams and, and making teams that aren't really teams just to fill in a spot for – for a tag team tournament that, in my opinion, exists only to bring back, um, you know, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really digging that. You know, and Dana Brooke and Tamina. I mean, what the fuck have they done? Uh, I mean, on it, on the twenty four seven championship. Honest to God, I that was I, awesome. I, they're 24-7 champion. That was awesome. No, no, it's not. And, and while while we're at it, uh, trips, my buddy, my pal, um, can we give, can we just disintegrate? Um, or 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Not ben, ben, I'm so I'm so glad you brought that up. But let's no, I I found the word. It's not dis disintegrate. Yes, yes, I want I want the. Uh, I want the um, 24 7 title to disintegrate. Uh, but can we toss it in the incinerator, Triple H, please? It doesn't need to exist. It's I'm not a thing. You. It has no importance. I'm, you know, glad, you, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Not okay. Why. Would you like to know what the question uh, on this week's episode of the VPOB is? Shoot, go ahead. Should Triple H do away with the 24-7 championship? Hell yes. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times yes. I sound like Corey Graves when the, for when, 
when the former revival debuted on Monday Night Raw. Oh, Corey Graves, he's another one. Just stop. Ugh. Um, okay, but, so, uh, go on. But let's see if I have any more, uh, any more high points. Um, I definitely agree with you on on the low point of Omas. I mean, anything he's involved in just sucks. Uh, Miz versus AJ Styles was pretty good. I give that a high point. Uh, but that about wraps up my take on Monday Night Raw. You got anything else to add before I shift nope. you over to NXT? Nope. So we're gonna move over to NXT and for NXT. I have Apollo Crews and Roderick Strong as a high point. And Cord Jade versus Zoe Stark. Okay, cool. Now, of course, uh, Mandy Rose took a nasty, uh, a scary bump in the, after, at the end uh, because uh, um, Zoe Stark uh, picked her up and when she uh, hit the knee, uh, the way uh, Mandy Rose landed, she hit her head on the championship. But uh, nothing serious, because she tweeted that out that everything was okay afterwards. Okay, well that, that's good. I I don't I don't want to see anybody getting hurt, so so I'm very relieved that. Now my low points are Trick Williams versus Wesley in this round match, and I'll oh. tell you why. You understand what this is? These uh, are rounds matches. Yeah, is it? Is that wait a minute before I say yes? Let me let me just is that similar to what what um, NXT UK did with the heritage with the Heritage Cup? No, that is exactly what it is. It's not similar to what they did. That that's exactly what it is. Three, okay, six three minute rounds. Okay, but, so you, so yes, I do know what that is. But the first round was terrible. It wasn't a wrestling match. What was it? It was in a wrestling ring, but it wasn't a wrestling match. It was a boxing match. They literally had boxing gloves on. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Now I I said this on a episode way back. Way back. Okay. We don't need we don't need to see boxing in any iteration in, in WWE ever again. Okay. We had enough of it with Brawl for All and Butterbean and, and Bart Gun. Okay? No. Stop. Just stop. So, so that was definitely a low point. And um, my other one is the final accord between Tony D'Angelo and um, Santos Escobar. Now, the fun, they're, they're going to have a street fight next week at Heat Wave, okay? Right. Here's a no. Here's the stipulations. If Santos wins, Legado del Fantasma is free from the D'Angelo family. Okay? Okay, well, that's good. However, if if Tony D'Angelo wins, Santos Escobar leaves NXT forever and never returns. Hey, I'm, I'm good with that. So, I, I, so here's what I'm thinking. Tony D'Angelo wins and Santos moves up to the main roster. Not Raw, but SmackDown. And he forms a new Legado del Fantasma with Humberto and 
Angel. Um, but where where would that leave? Uh, no, that that, that 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 leaves uh, the other two is still down in NXT for the time being. I don't know. I don't know if I like that because because if you think about it, well, anything's better than what we saw on Friday night with uh, Angel and Humberto. Well, well, and and you're 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 absolutely right. But if that was. If that was in the cards for for Angel and uh, Humberto, then why would why were they even involved in that maximum male models bullshit to begin with? No, I know that's why I'm saying uh, before they even go any further with this, uh, I'm think I think they that that would be better for them. Right. No, 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 none of this max free maximum male whatever crap. Nah, nah, I agree absolutely. All right, so that is uh, basically uh, that's all I have for NXT this weekend. Now, um, actually, before we go over to Dynamite, we're gonna go into commercial. Ladies and gentlemen, after a brief intermission, as you can hear, we are back. And uh, as encouraging as uh, Monday Night Raw was uh, on the WWE side of things. AEW also had its own heavy hitters to offer on Dynamite, and we got plenty of high points as a result. Can we start uh, naming these weekly shows, though? Um, yeah, it, you know, it's 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 funny you should say that because I was now granted, I was excited about um. You know, uh, the first Quake by the Lake, which was which was this episode right here, the uh, dynamite that we're talking about. The first, then, you mean there's gonna be more. <laughs> well, well, and I say first because I watched Rampage too. I know we don't cover Rampage. Oh, but, okay, okay but, I understand what you're saying. But I'll I'll, I'll mention a couple. I'll mention a couple things because I found parts of it. Uh, Kind of, kind of weird slash interesting slash yeah, borderline dumbass. But okay, but no, no, no we'll get into okay. that too because right. I'm just you know I think you'll I think you'll appreciate my point. All right. But um, but yeah, Rampage was actually night two of Quake by the Lake, and you know I know that they've done you know. AEW fight for the fall, and I know that they've done, you know, um, oh god, what the what the fuck? Oh, what's what, uh, fest? Yes, I know that's that's been, um, you know, on a night one, night two basis. But can I just say? About Rampage, and this is this is why I don't like um, you know these night one, night two things, because Dynamite is presented so much better than Rampage is. Like Dynamite is where you go for like storylines and what and what's going on with with AEW. Okay, I I can't even like what is the and I'm not saying that they've never had good shows because you know prior to you know. Last night's episode, I think I think they had a couple very solid uh, Rampage episodes. But overall, what purpose does Rampage serve for the AEW brand? I don't I don't get it. Because 
Because it seems to me that there are no storylines being continued on on uh, you know Rampage from Dynamite. It's all it's only like you know oh I challenge you to a match on Friday, and they announce it on Wednesday. Like you know I don't I don't get it. But but nonetheless, let's get into the to the high points of Dynamite because there were plenty of them. Um, the coffin match between Darby Allen and Brody King to start off the show. Holy shit. You know, typically, I have to be honest with you, I wouldn't like this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, with the, with the gratuitous blood and, the, you know, the degree to which Brody King was bleeding reminded me of, of, Eddie Guerrero and, and you know and JBL from from uh, I believe it was two thousand four. But oh my god, you know I I thought Brody King was gonna need a fucking blood transfusion after this shit. I I I really did. Um, you know especially when when he was dragging the tacks that were attached to the bottom of the skateboard across, uh, you know. Brody King's head 30 seconds into to the thing. Um, but um, but you know, I have to I have to tell you, I I can't do this match justice. I in terms of describing it, but please go back and take a look at this because the fact that Darby Allen was able to escape with a victory. But yet, do it in a way that um, that um, you know gets revenge on um, Brody. Um, no, I can't even say he escapes with a win because he didn't. He, I mean, he choked Brody King out the same way that uh, Brody King choked Darby Allen out at Royal Rampage in the Battle Royal and dropped him over the top rope. It was that exact spot, except except except. Darby choked Brody out with his own chain and dropped him directly from the ring into the coffin. Like it was, it was, it was great. Um, and then um, the the other match that I really enjoyed was the next match, um, Andrade El Idolo and Rush versus the Lucha Brothers in a tornado tag team match. Mm-hmm. I, didn't I say Roosh? You said Rush. Oh, I'm sorry. I I actually knew it was it was Roosh. No, but yeah. I'm saying like uh, no, it's uh, like the the way you say the way you said it. It's, it's the way it's actually spelled. <laughs> it, yeah, my my bad, my bad. No, you're um, good. You said you said it the right way, but I'm just saying like it's not the right way, even though it's spelled the right way. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, this match was fantastic. Um, you know, so the first two matches of Dynamite were absolutely great. However, uh, however, Jim Ross wasn't great. Did you catch what he said? No, I didn't. Uh, she Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. Now, remember when they were tying the part where they were tying Penta's mask? Yeah. And Tony's like. They're going for the double knot. And Jim Ross is like, not the double knot. Oh, God. 
You know, but but I I will I I will say this regarding the mask situation, okay? And 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 you know me, Elio. You know how much I I love the Lucha Brothers, okay? But the one thing that I don't like about what they've been doing lately, they've been doing a lot of what seems to me to be playing with the mask, and a lot of. A lot of teases about Penta in particular losing his mask and this, that, and the other thing. And it, and it seems to happen a lot. Yeah, and I, you know, he already got his mask ripped once by Phoenix. And, and I don't really like that because, um, you know, it's just, if, it was the, if it was the culmination of a feud... Like it was with, with Eddie Guerrero and 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 Ray at Halloween Havoc '97, then I get it. But you know, it's like they're not paying any any attention to the to the history and prestige of the mask. They're just like, oh, you know, rip it off of them, you know, tie them up, whatever the, you know, I don't know. But um, low point was Luchasaurus versus Anthony Henry. Um, and, um, I also, I also really didn't like, uh, Aaron Solo versus Ricky Starks or Jay Cargill versus Madison Rain. So, but the main event. I have a fancy match for you at the end. Okay. The main event was awesome. So the first two matches and the main event between Jericho and Moxley were, were great. So definitely go back and, and, and take a look at that. And um, what was your um, what was your uh, question at, at the end? Oh, I said I have a fantasy match for you at the end of the this uh, before we go off the air. Okay. Like uh, last week, uh, the first match I had for you was Bianca Belair and uh, Lita. Oh, okay. So oh, yeah, another, I remember. So I have another one for you after at the end before we go off the air. Very good. And now that we're now that we did a nice, quick, crisp hop, skip that jump through uh, through Dino. Sorry for that abrupt interruption. Uh, but now that we're done with um, AEW Dynamite, I'm going to switch over to uh, Friday Night SmackDown. That is also my segment. We've, we've done a clever little double-up uh, segment session this evening um, to, uh, you know, to kind of alleviate the, uh, the pressure off one guy versus the other. So off we go for uh, SmackDown, if that uh, explanation made any sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me pull that up. Here we go. So, SmackDown was an awesome show by and large, with the glaring exception of the first match, which was the glaring low point of the entire show. Which coincidentally matches up with the low point we had on Monday Night Raw, which was also the start of the women's tag team title tournament. 
SmackDown side of things kicked off with Raquel Rodriguez teaming up with Aaliyah to take on Shanti Blackheart and Zia Lee. Holy shit, Elio. Did you see this match? Yes. Okay, what and was it was it just me or was this match an absolute mess from start to finish? I know that uh, Shotzi got uh, must have got her. She was bleeding again. She gets hurt a lot. I've noticed lately. Yeah, I mean Shotzi is not the same performer that she was what's, when she was in on? NXT. What's going it's, on with her? It's very it's very sad, but it's very. It's very obvious. This this match was not good at all. Okay? Now, the high point of the evening came directly after that with a Karrion Cross promo. Now, if you recall from his uh, re-debut last week, it seemed like he may be getting inserted into the into the clash between uh, Roman Reigns and uh, Drew McIntyre at the aptly named Clash of the Champions in Cardiff. But after the promo that aired with with Karrion Cross and Scarlett, I don't think that's the case. But however, this was one hell of a promo. He, he said, chaos presents opportunity, which is what happened last week. We've witnessed the rebirth of a dark soul. And he goes on to say that Roman and Drew are the chosen ones. Must be nice. But it's not going to be about the bloodline. It's going to be learning about the new timeline. And then he goes back to his catchphrase which he had from his first run with the company which I absolutely love he goes in the end in the end everybody pays the toll it actually goes in the end no matter how the tale is told everybody pays the toll so this this was an awesome promo I, obviously, I can't cut a promo like carrying across. If I did, I would actually be working for a professional wrestling company, not having a podcast. But then I wouldn't have Elio. So I, I guess it all balances itself out. And then one of the one of the high points of all high points, Elio, is that we got a United States title package oh. on Raw, which was. Pretty much mirroring the one. We got an internal championship package. Uh, isn't that what I said? No, you said U.S. title. Okay. Well, it was the intercontinental title on SmackDown, much like it was uh, two weeks ago for the U.S. Uh, title on Raw. It was so good. I absolutely love the fact that the mid-card championships are being rebuilt in this fashion. These titles have gotten more shine in the last three weeks than they did in the in like a decade and a half under Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. I uh, just I don't understand it, but 
the other high point, even though the actual match wasn't a high point, we no longer have to deal with the new vicious Viking Raiders. They are just back to the Viking Raiders. Now do me a favor. But they're still heels, right? Yeah. But still, at least they're not called the new vicious Viking Raiders. So that's a step in the right direction. That uh, doesn't make sense. Think one. But but Triple H can I offer a further change with the Viking Raiders? Call them Hanson and Roe and bring them back to what they were in NXT. Please. I beg of you. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, and then Hit Row returned. Oh, I, lo- I love this. I didn't like but, the match. I just love the, 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 they're back. Yeah, well, I, I'm very interested to see um, how it works um, as a threesome with Top Dollar, Ashanti the Adonis, and BFAP. Obviously, um, Swerve is not there because he is now in AEW. Um, but I'm, I'm very – a lot of people um, were, are dubious of, of this trio without Swerve, but – I am uh, I am somewhat optimistic because I loved Hit Rope before they got uncer- unceremoniously fired. Although, in all fairness, Top Dollar probably had the most to do with that. Um, because because he, he said he said if you get if you release B five, you release all of us. Well, yeah, yes, and and he, he was also he was also releasing his own promos. Without getting clearance from the company, so I, I, um, you know, I respected the hustle that um, that Dalo put in. I understand what he was trying to do, but apparently he was pissing off the uh, the old uh, the old management. But but you know, number number one, I think Top Dalo and and the rest of Hit Row is freakishly athletic. Uh, Top Dollar is from my neck of the woods. He's a he's a Maryland boy, so I I appreciate that. And it, but but I'll tell you what I didn't appreciate about this at all. And and this is kind of personal to me because I've I've talked sometimes about how I'm associated with a company called Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance. Well, one of one of Hit Row's opponents for the evening, Brandon Scott, is a former multiple-time Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance champion. Oh, and he got squashed in less than a minute and a half. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong; I understand it. That's what WWE does when they bring it when they bring in or reintroduce an act. But I mean, good God! Let let me tell you, because this isn't the first time that Brandon Scott has been on WWE TV. He uh, he wrestled. Um, I I believe he may have wrestled um, Ari Davari uh, on an episode of, uh, or at the time Ari Davari um, on an episode of. Uh, 205 Live back in the day. So, 
He's got he's got a little bit of uh, he's had several WWE appearances, and I just know he's capable of so much more. And I just don't like these squash matches. I understand them, but I I just don't like them. Um. Then the next interesting segment, which was a low point to me, but I guess interesting, was the combination of Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, and Liv Morgan. Now, Elio, I'm going to stop talking for a second because I want to get your take on this. Since winning the title at Money in the Bank, what do you think of Liv Morgan's presentation? So, um, not good, um, and uh, the fans aren't helping. So here's what I think is going to happen. Right now, she's a face, right? Yeah. I can see her going into a clash at the castle as a face and coming out as a heel and a reverse in the rules <sighs> with Sheena Baszler. Yeah. Well, that would definitely be interesting, but to be honest with you, I'd be... Sheena like, like a face on SmackDown. Yeah, and I wish I wish she hadn't have done that. I'm very I'm very glad that Shayna Baszler is back in a prominent position, and and certainly will be treated better with Triple H because let's not forget, folks, Shayna Baszler in NXT, her entire run in NXT was second only to Asuka in terms of level of of dominance in NXT history. Let's not forget that. The fact that Vincent Bruce Pritchard ruined her and so many others on the main roster is not a reflection of the talent of Shayna Baszler. Let me assure you of that. Now, now I mentioned this last week a little bit, Elio. Um, the booking of Liv Morgan since she won the title has done her no favors in order to to make her the baby face that they're trying to make because this entire run of Liv Morgan has has consisted of her crying to the fans, literally crying. I think every single promo she's cut, she's been crying. So that's a problem in and of itself. Number number two, she's like, oh, I'm going to be a fighting champion. You're going to have to pry this title from my cold, dead hands. And what did she do on her very first title defense? I said it last week, and I'll say it again. This is not Liv Morgan's fault. But what does she do with her very first title defense after all that trumpeting as the as the conquering babyface hero, she taps out. She taps out. Now, if she had just hold on for one more second, it wouldn't have been a problem because Ronda Rousey would have been pinned for three. But no, she taps out. Therefore, it completely eradicates in my book the, the work that that's trying to get done to put her over as a baby face. Why, why at this point would I, you, or anybody else watching SmackDown, which thank God that now, now that now that Triple H is, is in control, I no longer have to call it a godforsaken episode of SmackDown. Or as I or as I was beginning to refer to it in my head, 
shits town. Um, you know, it's just I I don't I don't get it. You know, they did they did all of this to build Liv Morgan up as a credible challenger. When let's face it, nobody to begin with bought into um bought into Liv Morgan beating uh Ronda Rousey in the first place and yet she taps out. It's just it's just I I I don't understand it. So in my opinion, and very unfairly if you're Liv Morgan, I I think her title her title reign is officially dead in the water. Now we're we're gonna skip the Jimmy and Jay and Madcap. Oh, oh, my only quip about that was why are the tag team champions losing in a non-title match before they go into a pay-per-view? I don't understand it. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura heads to to the ring a little bit later on, and we get. Ladies and gentlemen, I thought we'd never see it again. I thought we would never see the Andrew Gottenhoff title defended in a big match ever again. Because, now, I know this wasn't a pay-per-view, folks. This was a regular episode of SmackDown. But keep this in mind before we go over this main event. The last time the Intercontinental title was defended on pay-per-view prior to... to, um, Gunther winning it. Or, I'm sorry, I committed the cardinal sin. I shall not call him Gunther. His name is Walter. Um, you know, so the last time we had this was was at WrestleMania th- 36 was the last time it was defended, I think. Right. The last time it was defended on pay-per-view, I'm pretty sure it was was WrestleMania 36. Oh, you're talking oh, about okay. the... I, I thought you were also counting on TV. Because uh, Ricochet also... Ricochet won it on TV, didn't he? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, pay-per-view. Oh, it might have been... Pay-per-view, it, alone, okay. Yeah, it, I just, you know, I don't... I don't know, I understand this, but... Um, but this main event was absolutely awesome. I, I mean, no, but nobody expected Shinsuke to win... Of, of course, it's going to be Walter. Oh, my God. You know, I did. But whatever. The match was awesome. And SmackDown had a coherent, logical um, road to travel on Friday night with the, with the emphasis on the Intercontinental title and, um, and the storyline being told with Cross. And McIntyre going into the McIntyre Reigns match at Clash the Castle. That was all. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And now I will shut up and um, and toss it back over to um, to Elio. He's going to introduce us to our time warp segment for the the week. All right. And uh, before I do that, um. Of course, Clash of the Castle. Ben, do you know you know that you know the start, start time, right? No, I don't. It is at one p.m. Oh God! Because of the time difference. Makes sense. 
So uh, yeah, it's a good thing that we uh, get it over and done with, right? <laughs> yeah. We are, well, uh, I have to talk to you about it because I'm on vacation that week, but if, if you want to do a, um, a pre-show and a post-show, I can so, do it. I don't know uh, if we should uh, wait, uh, if we should go to commercial and come back before we start this because I don't want to be in the middle of Royal Rumble and... Um, all right, let me see. Off. Let me see where we're at in terms of the time. I don't have you pulled up on the screen. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Why don't we just go and uh, cut it off, and we'll come back. All right. So, fans, we're going to go into commercial. We'll be back shortly. All right. Ben. You know, I knew you were getting double teamed. All you had to do was tag me, but you're too damn selfish. That was that was probably the best part of the, the show. I mean, I mean that that interplay between Brett and uh, Owen was awesome. Oh yeah, and fans, uh, that reference is uh, the pay per view that we're going to now take a look at: the Royal Rumble nineteen ninety four, which took place on Saturday, January twenty second, from the Providence Civic Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Ben, which see this pay per view. Um, I thought I thought it was a middle of the road show. Okay. Um, you know, the, the good was really good, but the bad was so goddamn bad. Okay, and which part was for you was bad? Well, let's go through it, uh, and then you can tell me uh, why, as we go through this. Absolutely. So, of course, we had a dark match for Brothers between Jim Powers. So the first match, it was to have been Tatanka versus Ludwig Borga. However, that match was changed as Ludwig Borga did not appear. So that he was replaced with Bam Bam Bigelow, who, of course, would later go later on later go on to feud with uh, Tatanka in further th- into nineteen ninety four. Yeah. So. so- here we go, Ben, this match. Um, you know, I I understand that um that Bam Bam Bigelow was a replacement for somebody. Um Yeah, Ludwig Borga. Yep. Okay. No, 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 I'm, I'm but having said that, you, you know, these these guys did not have chemistry at all. You know, I I understand you got a card to fill, but and that's why their that's where their feud was uh, kind of weird. Uh... Yeah. Well, you know, and, and you know the Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm just pulling up WrestlingData.com so I can give you their star ratings. The the Bam Bam Bigelow that I remember was having much better matches than than this shit. <laughs> you know, and and. The, the terminology that the reviewer that I'm using, uh, which is different from my usual, but but he hit it right on right on the head. This was a very basic match. Okay. He said he said, I realized ben, exactly what I said. I realized Bam Bam was a last minute replacement, so it's understandable. It wasn't fundamentally bad, but it wasn't as excited as exciting as you want an opener an opener to be. And I 100% agree because when I think of Bam Bam Bigelow, I think of like, you know, oh shit, you know, business just picked up. Like, 
this, this guy's gonna murder somebody and not and not be in there with 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 Tatanka. And now, what would you have given this match? What did what what did you give this match? I would have given it like five, like two out of five, and that's being generous. Ooh, okay. Well, seventy-five. Yeah, you are being generous because seventy-five percent gave it a one. Well, I I kind of agree with them to be honest with you. All right, yeah, and I'm the same. Uh, this was really a nothing match for me. I'm sorry, hold on. Oh, no, wait, I was looking at the very first one, the dark match was a one. No, uh, the fans are really, uh, are, uh, really generous, even more than you, with this match. I'm sure they did. They gave it a three. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> uh, God damn. Like I, like, like I said, this match was just uh, a throwaway match for me. But uh, yeah. moving on to the next one, the WWF Tag Team Championships, Bret Hart and Owen Hart versus the Quebecers. This was, this was very good. I loved this match. Of course, that ending uh, after oh. uh, Owen turned heel, he kicked Bret's leg. Yeah, the, the ending was tremendous. The uh, the promo that um, that Owen cut with with Todd Penningill um, uh, or P- Penningill before or after the match. Yep. Um, you know the fact that Brett's watching on the on the big screen as he's hobbling back and just you know, but given what actually happened in the match. Owen wasn't really wrong with what he had to say because Brett would not tag Owen. He was so focused on putting on the sharpshooter. But uh, yeah, and did you see if you remember the last preview we we uh, covered, you said that uh, Owen uh, finally turned heel. I said, wait, there's still one more preview. It's not over yet. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so here we go. This is it. The one that leads up to WrestleMania 10. And what a match that was. I mean, God damn, what a match that was. And now, and uh, so for this match, give, what do you give this match? I would give it, I would give it four stars. Fans will agree with you. 59% give it a four star. Absolutely. All right, next we have the Intercontinental Championship. Razor Ramon versus IRS. Um, Ramon, I, uh, defeating IRS, holding on to the championship. I wasn't really feeling this one. Maybe it's just because I don't really get IRS. Um, you don't get like the what the character or? No, the, I get I get the character, but yeah. I didn't I didn't like the presentation, and you know I think I think that they made him sound like a better wrestler than what he was. Maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, no, you know, you know what? This is uh the this is a later IRS. This is uh a 1994 Microtondo as uh, as opposed to like the 1980s Microtondo who was a better wrestler when he was in the tag team in the tag team uh, with uh Barry Windham, known as the U.S. Express. 
Yeah, what, what, I mean, and you can, you could definitely tell that, um, you know, he was there to put over the somewhat new guy and, yeah. uh, Razor Ramon, um, you know, but, you know, the, the thing is, you know, the Hebners love to get involved in screwy finishers or screwy finishes because, holy shit, because, you know, the I, the ref gets knocked out. IRS tries to use the use the briefcase. Razor Razor stops him. Goes for um goes for Razor's edge, which is a finishing move that I still love to this day. But then Razor gets hit in the back of the head, um, with the fake IC title courtesy of. Shawn Michaels, because if you recall the whole thing that set up the iconic ladder match at WrestleMania 10 was um, Shawn Michaels got suspended for uh, a drug policy violation while he was Intercontinental Champion. He refused to to send the belt back. They, They had a tournament to determine the new Intercontinental title, and then at WrestleMania 10... They hung both belts above the ladder and the winner, which of course ended up being uh, Razor Ramon. Um, you know, he unified both and became the singular undisputed Intercontinental Champion. Um, but you know, th- this was this was definitely a good building block to that um, storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, but I gotta tell you, up until up until the screwy finish, um, you, you know, it is it, it it was a much more um, blase match than I would have anticipated, consi- considering um, that it was um, it was Razor Ramon and who I thought was a very talented wrestler in IRS. That's why I thought I must have been missing something because I didn't see much from him that would indicate uh, anything above mediocre in this match. All right. And the next is uh, the one that I told you to pay attention to. And uh, I messaged you and I said, keep in mind that this is a casket match and this is the Undertaker's specialty that he's ever lost. It was your go sooner. Defeating the Undertaker to become the new WBF World Champion in a casket match. Okay. Well, for, well, first of all, let me just tell you, the promo packages that led up to this match were fucking fantastic. Undertaker in his workshop. <laughs> yeah, Undertaker in his funeral home. Be- Ooh, building. Building the double wide and double deep casket. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm hurting my throat trying to do a Paul Bearer impression. Oh, yes. Um, but, but, but <laughs> yes. There's your Paul Bearer impression. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, these promos were fantastic. You know, you, you you see him in the workshop building the coffin. Then you then you see him, you know, outside 
and Paul Bear is getting ready to drive the horse and buggy with the coffin attached. <laughs> That's and great. Undertaker appears from behind the 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 carriage, you know, in 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 the full black jacket and the hat in the rain. I mean, Ben, can you, can you imagine? Uh, you have to wake up and you have to shoot. And this is your job, shooting a video outside on a horse that carries carry, carrying a casket. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, well, I'll tell you what, that, that, that doesn't fit very many uh, job descriptions outside of uh, the, the WWE. But I mean, uh, it, it was so interesting because uh, Paul Bear was an actual mortician. That's what makes it so cool. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> he uh, there's actually a clip of Paul Barry. He, he's mimicking Bruce Prichard clapping his hands. <laughs> he's making fun of Bruce Prichard as he's doing this. Um, but it, it was so funny, you know. But um. But yeah, but the the funniest part of all of this is after the video package airs and it cuts back to Yokozuna who's standing in the ring. Yokozuna has this look on his face like he's scared shitless. Yeah, you see the sweat on his face. <laughs> you know, he, he looks like a scared little boy and let alone he's a 500-pound monster who can move like a cruiserweight for God's sake. Um, you know, Yokozuna was a freak athlete. I don't, I don't care what you say about his weight. Yeah, of course he had a weight problem, but that, that guy, it, arguably, is the most athletic giant I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna take a bit of a detour because we're speaking about Yokozuna, but Ben, um, yeah, I believe uh, the other night. I was watching Monday Night Raw, uh, one of the, I believe it was the May 19th, uh, 1994 edition. The very first sumo match on Raw. Earthquake versus Yokozuna. Oh, God, no, thank you. (laughs) You know what? It was much better than the one we got at WrestleMania with Aki Bono and the big show. Well, I would hope so. That That was uncomfortable to watch. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what that was extre- that was extremely uncomfortable to watch. And you know, in terms in terms of making a better match, the Big Show versus uh, um, oh, what was his name? You just said it, Akibono. Yes, t- that match had a very low bar. Oh, that was just terrible. But I just wanted to paint that up since we're speaking about you. Who's you know, right? So, um, you know, but to be honest with you, um, for me, the match didn't live up to what I expected it to be based off of, one, the talent involved, two, the video packages. Um, because, like, I admit that it was a good plan by Mr. Fuji to bring out all those people and beat down The Undertaker. It was a cool visual when the urn spilled you know, in in the corner um, by the bottom turnbuckle and was spilling all that green, uh, gaseous-looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it looked like Jeff Hart was going to come out of the uh, was going to come out of the lamp. 
you know, with the with the screen missing all this other crap. Um but um but yeah the the presentation of the actual match was a little was a little bit weird. Okay. But I was thinking about afterwards, uh, with the Undertaker on the big screen and everything. Oh, I love that part. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Now, that was the, so the Undertaker lost this match because this was him taking time off and he would return before SummerSlam or, or by SummerSlam. Yeah, because he, um, I think he had a hurt back or a or a hurt foot. I think it was a hurt back. I believe so. So this was a way to write him off. And now that brings us to first of all, what do you give this one? Um, I, I just from pure entertainment value, three stars. Okay, first of all, the Razor Moon match uh, got. Got a three star. This one, forty four percent gave it a four star. Well, I can kind of understand that with the whole, you know, storyline being told, and and the video packages and just the the feeling between the two men. I I can kind of understand that. And that brings us to the Royal Rumble match itself. In this match, we had Adam Bomb, Bam and Bigelow, the Smoking Guns. Bob Backlund, Bret Hart, Crush, Diesel, Doink the Clown, the Head Shrinkers. We had the Chinikiro Tenru, the Great Kabuki, Greg Valentine, Jeff Jarrett, Quang, Lex Luger, Men on a Mission, Marty Gennetti, Owen Hart, Randy Savage, Rick Martel, the Steiner Brothers, Shawn Michaels, Tataka, Sparkplug, and Virgil. And of course, the co-winners of the Royal Rumble, Bret Hart and Lex Luger. Yeah, this, um, that ending kind of reminded me of uh, Batista and John Cena in 2005. Okay. Yeah, this was the the original, I guess. Only Only they didn't restart the match. Yeah. And, and, and of course, Mr. McMahon didn't fly to the ring and tear both his quads. Dumbass. <laughs> but, uh, but in, but in all seriousness, can you imagine the pain he had to be in? Oh my God. Right. Wow. Um, but let's talk about this actual, um, Royal Rumble match. Okay. So, so early on in the match, it's clear that they are building up these. <laughs> I'm sorry. We just had a I had a um, run in and and Charlie comes. He scared the shit out of me in the process. Oh, <laughs> God damn! I good lord for a 13 year old bug. You sir, move like a shadow. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> way to way to scare me live on my own show and throw me off my shit, Charlie. <laughs> and now you want a cuddle? The goal. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're saying, um, but, um, <laughs> but sorry, sorry, I got, I got sidetracked. I love, I love the boy. Um, but um, yeah, so they were really showcasing Diesel uh, in this match. He um, 
he actually at one point had everybody el- eliminated in the ring. Actually, several points. He had everybody elim- eliminated in the ring and was just standing there waiting on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, he uh, he was he he was original Kane, eliminating one after another. Exactly. That was going to be my next sentence, actually. Uh, so, great minds think alike there. And then um, late, later on in the uh, the rumble, um, I'm, I'm skip I'm skipping ahead for uh, for time constraint purposes uh, since we did, since we discussed the time limit on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but. Um, but skipping ahead to Bret Hart coming in, um, the announcers were really making a big deal out of his um, hurt leg and like this isn't smart and um, this that, and the other thing. It kind of it kind of reminded me of like King of the Ring because everybody was talking about how brave Bret was and what a what a gutsy performance. And um, it, you know it's true, but but also um, it was remarkably stupid. Um, so um, so the final four of this match end up being Bret Hart, Lex Luger, Shawn Michaels, and a very random selection given how early it is in his crew, in, or in his career, in his crew, <laughs> in his. God, I can't speak. I'm so tired. That's that's why I asked for this to show to be early, folks. Uh, and of course, the fourth participant was Fatu, also known as Rikishi. Um, so um, eventually it comes down to Lex and Brett as the final two, uh, because Brett and Luger simultaneously backdrop Michael, Michaels and Fatu out of the ring. Um. And then, um, and then, at, at first, I thought this was a botch. I didn't real, I didn't realize that this was how the ending was supposed to happen, uh, because, um, because Lex goes for a slam on Brett, and how, however, they stumble to the ropes and both men tumble out at the same time. The way it looked, it looked like a fuck up. Because, because to me, based on past experiences in the Rumbles, and and once again, I had to remind myself that this was a very early Rumble. Um, but in my experience, it, if the, in my mind, had to have been a planned finish, um, then they would have had the camera on both guys' feet, um. Or at least showed it in a replay um, to determine who went out first. Now they did show replays, but none of the replays showed Luger or Hart's feet to disturb, like you know who went out first. So that was very interesting. And then, of course, I I don't know if this was Dave or or um, Earl Hebner, but. But I'll tell you what, these guys were having an eventful evening um, because we had we had two referees. The, um, 
like arguing over the finish and both guys got their hands raised before it was determined that it was a draw uh, and that, that we had co-winners of of the rumble i don't i i don't recall that ever happening uh since this um you know ending um the closest thing that i can recall what was of course as i said uh john cena versus uh john cena and batista in the final two of the 2005 rumble but you know it, it was cool um but th- then again, I I really I really wanted the uh, the rumble to be great, and it just wasn't. You know what I mean? Like considering the talent that was in that match, like I I would have expected this to be like an iconic rumble, and it just wasn't. I bet. Matt, Matt, imagine this. Imagine that this is an upside down world, okay? And it was Fatu and Shawn Michaels eliminating Bret Hart and Lex Luger. Fatu goes on to face Owen Hart at WrestleMania while Shawn Michaels faces Yokozuna. And the final match for the WF Championship is Fatu versus Yokozuna at WrestleMania 10. Did it, but that didn't actually happen, did it? Oh, I said imagine it in an upside down world if that did happen. Well, that actually would have been cool, especially the family connection between Yoko right. and uh, that's what I'm saying. And like, Fatu, uh, so of that course, was... of course, we got Lex Luger and Bret Hart as co-winners. But imagine if uh, in the upside down world alternate universe, that were the actual finish. That would be a uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah, that would have been really cool. All right, so that is uh, the Royal Rumble 1994. Uh, your final thoughts. Um. Overall, I would I would have given it like a six point five out of ten. It it could have it could have been bumped up as far as as far as an eight had the rumble been really good. And to to be honest with you, overall, I was disappointed with the Undertaker stuff because once they one because once they got past the video packages, it went downhill pretty fast. So basically, uh, out of uh, five, you gave one two. A uh, two point five, yeah. Fans are generous. Forty eight percent gave it a four. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's probably because of the of the you know, uh, you know, talent that was involved in in the ending part. Yeah, but that that's entirely too generous. Now I told you before the show that. If you had not watched the Raw afterwards, uh, that I had you covered, but you told me that you did watch it, so let's move on to the Monday Night Raw from, from January 24th, 1994. This one took place from the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. What do you know? Isn't that convenient? Another another Coliseum named after the city that it's in. Right. For the second time in this show. Um, but um, so the first match was um, was Lex Luger versus Austin Steele. What? Okay. A, 
What a come down after after what happened at the Royal Rumble. Good lord! All you know, you know what amazes me about these early Raws are all these enhancement talents that were in the main event of the shows. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Like it's it just it's just so weird. Like this was this was um, you know after Lex Luger was the co-winner of of the Royal Rumble, and he's facing an enhancement talent right. in a match that only only lasted three minutes and 41 seconds. Like, how am I supposed to grade that? Of course that match sucks. <laughs> and then, um, we, then we had Jeff Jarrett defeating John Paul. Yeah, another enhancement talent match. And, and I, I must be missing something, because... You know, I thought I thought Raws after the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania and SummerSlam and Survivor Series were supposed to be big shows. I guess I, they're, they're they were still uh, finding their identity at this time. I don't know. They, well, this, this is only one year into Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I mean, this was episode forty nine, but a lot of this was fucking weird because, like, this next match. Even before I'm reading anything on this review, as I'm watching it on um, on uh, Thursday night, I'm like, this is a very weird uh, combination. Head Trinkers versus Man on a Mission. Like, holy shit. <laughs> and, and then I go and do some research, and I'm reading that the match was supposed to be Head Trinkers against the Hart Brothers. Well, that took a that took oh. a, ran, a random uh, a random U turn in that plan because they had much bigger and better things um, in store for the Hart brothers, and I guess hindsight being twenty twenty, that was the correct decision. Um, but this this match was absolutely terrible, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> And the head shrinkers won the goddamn thing. Now, right. now I'm not gonna hate on the head shrinkers. They signed an autograph for me back in the day. Oh, you know, but you know, it's just, you know, I mean, good goddamn. What am what am I supposed to do with this shit? <laughs> so then, in 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 the night of the enhancement talents. Night of the Jobbers, nineteen ninety four. Here comes another. Here comes another jobber, losing to Adam Bomb. Now this one is Tommy Angel. This one, this guy was featured a lot on WWF television. So, like, I I, I recognize him more than any of the other ones on here because he's been used a lot on television. Okay, well, I. You know, I must have missed that, but then again, I wasn't even five at this point, so <laughs> I, I I have an excuse. <laughs> um, but I mean, good lord, what a what a weird weird way to uh, to follow up the Royal Rumble. I mean, come on, do- this next one, Doink the Clown defeating Joey Stallings with what? a whoopee cushion. <laughs> In less than three and a half minutes. And this is your main event. Shawn Michaels defeating Tyrone Knox. What? 
You know, no, no bullshit. At first, I thought Tyro, I thought Tyrone Knox was was Ahmed Johnson. Oh, okay. Like I know that sounds horrible. I like I, you know, please don't analyze that statement because I don't mean anything. Man, I don't even think uh, half of the fans know who Tyrone Knox even is. But it, it's just I like, don't know. It's just like the first thing I I thought when I saw Tyrone Knox was was uh, Ahmed Johnson. Like my God, this shit sucks. Now hold on. Let me. Uh, okay, let me. Was there a Paul Bearer segment on this show? Uh, no, not that I not that I, not that I saw. Unless I was sleepwalking through. The latter okay. half of the okay, show, which so, I don't think I was. Okay, so not this one, but the following week. It, it, this is so bad. This is what I'm talking about. Like, they had Paul Bear in a in a graveyard, okay, cutting a promo about how the right. Undertaker was nowhere to be seen. Meanwhile, on the right side of my screen, I see the Undertaker walking in the background. <laughs> Yeah, that that was almost as bad as uh, you know the naked gun guys looking for the Undertaker. Um, so um, all, the one uh, thing I took away from this episode Raw, Raw was the first time Jim Ross used the word slobberknocker. Yeah, I, I actually caught that, and I I, I smiled. <laughs> Aside from that, there's not really much to say more to say about this show. No, not not at all. This is got this has got to be one of the worst Royal Rumble post shows, or or pay per view post shows for that matter that I that I could have ever seen. Now, Ben, um, I told you off air that I'm currently watching the May 1994 episodes of Raw, so we're gonna take a couple of weeks off from. Retro WBF until King of the Ring '94. So, um, if you want, we can uh, do an a, a retro NXT. Yeah, I, I would really like that. I don't, I don't know which one I want to do yet. I want to look and really pick a good one. Um, okay. but yeah, I, I would absolutely love that. All right, sounds good. And um, we're about to go into commercial. We'd like to wrap this things up here. Wait, wrestling roulette. All right. So, Ben, before we get into wrestling roulette, I have a fantasy match for you for this week. Last week, we had Lita versus Bianca Belair. That was our very first one that we did. Very good. It was myself versus Clay. We each had to pick a wrestler, one old school, one new school. So, this week, we have another one. Now, this one... Because uh, this one, we're not picking anyone because this match is already set up. It was already thought of beforehand. Right. So I'm going to give you the two participants already, all right? Yep. We are going to have China versus Jade Cargill. Oh, God. China. <laughs> China all goddamn day. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Okay. I was actually looking on uh, my TikTok because people already started voting and uh, 100% went with China. I'm, actually, you know what? I'm not on TikTok, but I can still look at your TikTok page. What is your uh, 
You can't. Oh yeah, you want me to give you my uh, so you can follow? Uh, well, you're not on TikTok. You said. Uh, I'm not, but I can still look at stuff on TikTok. Oh, okay. I mean, um, so let me give you my uh, my page here. So I have three. I have one for my movies, one for wrestling, and one for uh, music. So my wrestling one is let me just Elio all lowercase underscore wrestling POV. Okay. So I've got like, that's where I have all my tournaments, whether it's movie or wrestling. So that's because they're still like matches. So I just uh, have movie tournaments and wrestling tournaments on there as well. And I break cool. them up. I break them up with the, the weekly uh, posts and the weekly hot tag news. Cool. All right. So that being said, Ben, we're going to get into wrestling roulette and I'm going to just pull up my playlist here. So the way this works, actually, let me uh, just give me a second. I'm just going to set it up. Cool. So the way this works is I play 21 tracks. I say 21 because uh, even though we count the bonus, the original is 21. I play 10 minute seconds of 21 tracks. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. I would have known that even without the name at the beginning. Gene Snitsky, the man with the most disgusting teeth I've ever seen. And he voluntarily did that to himself for a, gim- for a gimmick. Yes, that was uh, like, because I just had to look him up. And I had to look up like his whole um, timeline because I can't believe like how how a character goes from what he was to this new this new version and it was just weird yeah it's like he did that those were his teeth with the yellow all the yellow Ugh. wow oh, okay okay sure why not <laughs> because it's disgusting that's why not yeah right <laughs> all right so far you're one okay here we go <laughs> i don't care what y'all Always a knockout, Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus. All right, you're up to your your fellow Canadian and one of my and one of if not my all time favorite Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, you track number three. Sure. That is the hurt business. Yeah, that's hard to pick up from the very beginning part. Right? And you okay, know what? 
You know what? It sounds so similar to Bobby Lashley's too. Yeah, so that's the other thing. All right, two and one. Here we go. Track number four. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Is that Ivory? Nope. That is Molly Holly. Okay. Well, All right. Two at, least two. I, at least I was somewhat in the ballpark. No, two and track number five. Cool. Retro Edge. Yes. Three and two. All right, track number six. Ah, what? Really? Really? Play that again. Okay, here we go. When did Michael Jackson ever do a wrestling theme? That's what it sounds like. Um, it sounds like like wrestling theme meets Michael Jackson meets Free Willy soundtrack. And I still don't know who it is. Okay, here we go. That is Brother Love. Uh, uh, Aren't you well, glad you, know you didn't know who it was? You know what? I'll I'll gladly take that L. That's that's fine. <laughs> three and three. Here we go. Track seven. Is that Rhea Ripley? No. They uh, should they, they they should bring this one back and No no hold on hold on hold on. Uh is that Damien Priest? No. Okay. They should bring this theme back and give him back this gimmick. That is Baron Corbin. Oh shit. I, I usually get that one. Okay. There's three and four. Dream All four. Right. Here we go. Track eight. I have no idea. That is sung in the bill. Okay. Deaf, deaf, deaf rebel music. Oh my god. Okay, here yeah. we go. <laughs> Track nine.
this a shot in the dark hillbilly gym? No, that is the Bushwhackers. A fans okay. back. Shall we be back in a few minutes? All right, three and six. Here we go. Oh Jesus! I'm gonna have to make a comeback here because I don't I don't know all this honky tonk shit. <laughs> that is the Blue Brothers, Jacob and Eli. Oh good lord! Yeah, three and seven. Here we go. Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. So we are three, four, and four and eight. Four and eight. Okay, here we go. Oh, already on track 13? Four and seven, actually. Four and seven. Four and seven. Say, okay. Here you go. Track 12. (laughs) 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 Okay. Play that one more time because I was distracted. I'm just gonna play it one more time also because that's just ridiculous, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I have not a clue. <laughs> that is Billy Gunn in the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, God. Okay, well, I wouldn't have gotten that anyway. Okay, four and eight. Four and eight. Jeez, that's the most ridiculous team I've ever heard. Yes, I agree. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. All right, uh, five and eight. Here we go, track 14. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair, six and eight. Kick myself, but I don't know. That is Jack Swagger. Oh, fuck off. Okay, six and nine. Shit. Six and nine. Okay, here we go. Okay, how am I supposed to pick? I don't know. That is Dana Brooke. Okay, well, we're not going to count that one. That, that That's terrible. That's <laughs> just terrible. Okay, we'll cut that one out. I'm a super. I'm Quincy. 
terrible thing. Super crazy. Super great. Come on, that's a terrible thing. That is absolutely yeah. horrid. I'm sorry, but the name on this is Jim Johnston. You're shitting me. No, it says WWE and Jim Johnston. WWE The Music Volume 7. Oh, fuck. All right, so we have a seven and nine. Yep. Yeah, okay. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Do you know that that intro is literally 10 seconds? Yeah. Like, I stopped it. I paused it. It was literally 10 seconds, right? Right when he says the word me. Oh, Lord. Wow. Okay, so eight and nine. Yep. All right. The Drifter Elias, maybe? No, that is Wolfgang from NXT UK. Okay, well, I would have had no idea because I don't watch that, but okay. And actually, um, they're going to be making their way over to NXT in, uh, by the end of the month. There's going to be a lot of new faces on NXT. Well, I'm looking forward to that because NXT needs help. And now. Ben, and Ben, one of uh, so Wolfgang, but Wolfgang is part of Gallus, and if you've seen Gallus, they're gonna be on their way to NXT. Yeah, I remember seeing them a little bit. Gallus, they're they're good. Gallus is good. No, not not. I'm not being a smartass. I legitimately don't know. Um, is NXT UK still a thing? No, they are, and they were in the middle of a tournament to crown a new NXT UK world champion. However, they uh, had to cancel tapings because BT Studios was covering the Premier Soccer League. Oh, Jesus. This is what I was reading earlier. Oh, God. Okay. So there's, like, a lot of uneasiness, like, backstage because they're not sure, like, what's going to happen with NXT UK. With all these with these cancellations that they've had, yeah. So like, and we because the last uh, champion was Ilya Dragunov, and he had to uh, surrender the title. Yeah. All right. So um, that that was um. Eight and ten. Eight and ten. All right. Here we go. Evolution line in the sand. Evolution nine and ten. All right, here we go. Track twenty. Are you ready? Yep. Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder ten and ten, and please don't bring him back. You know what? I'm not a fan of Mark, Matt Cardona. 
No, I mean, you know, I I I was, but I I can't figure him out now. Yeah. Like he okay, he was cool like before, but now like since he's like gone like with his like real name and stuff, and this whole new character, I just yeah. All right, so it's all tied to ten. Here we go. This is the one to break the tie. You ready? Yep. Oh God, terrible! I uh, I don't know. That is Al Snow. All right, so you're you're at ten and eleven, and we have the bonus track to save you. Okay. Now, if you get this one, we have to add another one to break the tie. Okay. All right, are you ready? Yeah. So we played all twenty-one tracks. Here's your bonus number one. Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon, you are tied at 11. So here's bonus track two. Are you ready? Yep. Festus? I don't know. That is Jimmy Wang Yang. Oh. oh. 11 uh, and 12. Well, not bad considering where I started. Alright, now, Ben, just for, just for fun, I'm going to pull up because I've been rating these themes. Yeah. And just for fun, I want to give you the some of the ratings. I, there are Five themes so far that I have given a four star. Okay. Okay. There are a lot of one stars. Jim Johnston. Come on. What's going on? Yeah, seriously. The the ones that have a four star at the top of the list. Tommaso Ciampa, no one will survive. I, oh my God. Yay. Happy claps. Courtesy of Bruce Pritchard. Yay! (laughs) And number two, I have Asuka in the future. Absolutely. Number three, I have CM Punk, Cult of Personality. I agree. Number four, I have Chris Jericho, Judas. I agree. And number five, I have the Boogeyman. Only because, like, it's got that creepy horror music vibe to it and I I had never heard it before until WPOV it, we ended one of our episodes with that and it was just like really weird and I just like really like the horror, the sound to that theme. Yeah it's pretty cool actually I'll give that to you. Yeah. Now have you now no, obviously you've heard it but you've only heard the I'm the boogeyman I come to get you but have you heard the whole thing? No. You listen to the whole thing, you're gonna be like, "What the hell?" 
it's it's just, it's out there, and you know because you already know that I'm into like all the horror stuff with um, well with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like you know, I I I know technically it's a deranged bunny, but at first I thought it was a beaver, and I was like Kevin Donnie. Uh, by the way, actually, uh, this is actually a, a movie that's uh, in production right now. Okay, that is um, a movie called Five Nights at Freddy's. What's that about? And you know what? Let me pull this up before we uh, we uh, close out the show for the week. Let me just uh, pull up Five Nights at Freddy real quick. So Five Nights at Freddy. All right. So basically, it's in a. The main series consists of nine. It, it was originally a video game. So let me look up the plot because even I was confused by this. Fans, we'll be back shortly. Basically, it's like this. A man starts working, starts a job working as a night watch security guard at the restaurant Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, where he discovers. One moment. Okay. All right. So a man starts a job working as a night watch security guard at the restaurant Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, where he discovers. The animatronics move at night and will kill any adult that are still there after hours. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So, it's kind of a... It's based off of a video game series. Yeah, so, they've been talking about making a movie for a while now, and I guess now it's actually going to happen. Oh Lord! Well, that's surprising because that, to be honest with you, that sounds kind of stiff. And uh, there's another one. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you about that on the next podcast. It's called uh, Willie's Wonderland. Cool. All right, but um, for uh, so you bring the show to a close. I would, I would appreciate that. I know, <laughs> you, I know you need rest, and I need rest after the weekend. Can, can I just, can I just tell you? And, and I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying because it's, it's a rarity. I have been up since five thirty this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is a long day. What? Why did you wake up so early? Um, well, because we actually had a bunch of fun stuff. I went, I went to a car show. Okay. Then I, then I went skeet shooting. Uh, then we went and had a crab feast. And then, uh, then I had to come on here and do this. Cool. All right. Yeah. So like I said, I, we're going to end the show for this week. Cause I know you're tired. I know I'm tired after the week I had. So, that's it. Another episode of the PC Progression Wrestling Podcast. 